going on, everybody? You guys are listening to the Cutthroat Soup Show, the 707 Connection, the Solano Falcon Connection with Andy Chase, Stephen Babb, and Shamari Block. What is going on, you guys? Baseball. That's what's going on. Like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. It's, it's, it's been a long summer. It's been a, it's been a really long summer. So to have baseball, especially, you know, uh, the, the exhibition season, where uh, we saw my Giants scrape everybody's A's two nights in a row. Uh, it's off to a good start. Yeah, baseball, it's opening day. I couldn't be happier. It should be a national holiday. Uh, it usually doesn't come uh, in July, but I'm going to take it whenever I can get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, we'll take it whenever we can get it. It has been the longest off season in baseball history. So what we got for you guys today on the Cutthroat Soup Show on the TDT Network is we're going to talk about the 60-game season. We're going to break it down for you. We're going to give our thoughts on the 60-game season, the changes, the likes, the dislikes that we have. We're also going to talk about our predictions for this season, and we're going to give you guys some updates on the sports world and what's going on. So let's get right into it. The 60-game season is nothing like anything we've ever seen before in baseball. So we have... The Nationals and Yankees and the Dodgers and the Giants starting off the season for us on Thursday, the 23rd, which happens to be today. And everybody else will play tomorrow on the 24th. So there's going to be 60 games this season. 40 games will be divisional and 20 will be non-divisional. The West will play the West. The East will play the East. So for example, the A's will play the NL and NL West teams so that players don't have to necessarily go uh, long distances during this COVID time. It's in a central, the centrals too, right? So it's three divisions, isn't it? West, central, east? Yeah, so the central is going to play the central, the west will play. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just clearing that up. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's going to be two new rules. There's going to be a DH in both leagues, which I am super excited about. Should have been implemented years ago. Makes the game a lot more fun. We can get into that a little bit later. Um, and the extra innings are going to start with somebody on second base. I really like that rule as well. We'll talk about that. Um, there's going to be a special COVID inactive list for players if they test positive or if they have symptoms. Um, unlike the injured list where they have to be out for 10 days, this will have no time limit. So I think that's a really good idea as well. Players will be tested on arrival and every other day throughout the season and the postseason. Any team personnel not in the game. So even pitchers that aren't expected to play, they will all be either in the stands or in a designated area that the club has made. And as far as the playoffs, the playoffs actually changed uh, very recently. A couple of hours ago, they just came out that the playoffs will have a completely different format. They will be expanding the playoffs from 10 to 16 teams. Now, eight of the 15 teams in each league will make the playoffs. So the first and second place teams of each division will advance. Then the seventh and eighth seed on each league will go to the remaining teams with the best record. Uh, There will be no tiebreakers. It'll be set up that way so that no additional games are going to be played. They haven't given the details about how there's not going to be any tiebreakers. So I'm kind of interested 
on how that's going to work. Um, like I said, it just came out hours ago, so the details are going to be coming on that. The first round will be the best of three, um, and all three games will be played at the higher-seeded park. So the first play, uh, first seed team will get home field advantage all the way through. Um, yeah. And then everything after that is normal. So the divisional round is best of five. Uh, the league championship is best of seven. And the World Series is best of seven. So, guys, what are your thoughts? What are your likes, dislikes about this upcoming season? I'm going to start with you, Block. Oh, man. Okay, so first things first. If you know anything about me, the first thing that just bugs me that's going to bother me to the core is the universal designated hitter. Man, I've never liked this rule. And I've always said, it sounds like a rule that a fifth grader came up with, okay? It's like, oh, hey, this guy can't hit. That's okay, we'll have somebody else that can't hit, hit, but everyone should bat. And furthermore, there's so much strategy in the game. The National League has so much more strategy in the American League when you talk about substitutions and when to pull people out and all those sort of things. I'm gonna miss that part of the game, absolutely. And I'm gonna miss, you know, watching Johnny Cueto make it on base and like beat out a ground ball is just, or watching Madison Bumgarner. I mean, I hope he doesn't do this against the Giants, but watching Madison Bumgarner slap home runs. It's pitchers don't hit well, but, but neither do catchers, neither do shortstops. So are we just going to start substituting for everybody who can't hit that well? Like some positions just tend not to hit well. So I just, that is my number one thing. Second thing I get I get the rule with starting a man on second for extra innings. I really do shorten the game, blah, blah, blah. Baseball's been trying to find a way to be more interesting to whoever the, they think they're trying to appeal to, younger generation, blah, blah, blah. That rule also kind of reminds me of something a fifth grader come, come, can't, would come up with. And honestly, it reminds me of, in a weird way, ghost man on second, okay? If you played baseball in the streets <laughs> back in the day, you know that when you had three people and you got two people and everybody's on base and now you gotta have a ghost man i i don't really know that that's gonna make scoring easier i mean yes a single automatically scores that first person but then the other team starts with someone on second too so a single also so i don't know that that's gonna shorten the game i don't know that it's gonna make it more exciting and i don't i don't not like i don't like it i hate to sound like a crotchety old dude i think i do right now but those two things right there are definitely the two things that i am not looking forward to seeing um when you talk about other things though the the 60 game season that's interesting because how do we play for instance if someone ends this season batting 450 okay do they go in the record books if someone because starters are only going to have 12 starts you got 60 games you got five starters that's 12 starts per, if someone goes undefeated 12 and 0 which is possible in a small sample size does that person go down as the only person to have a undefeated season right so there's so many questions that it brings up, but all in all, I'll take it because I'm just glad there's baseball, like I said. So, uh, you know, when you're hungry, man, it's like, okay, I'll take uh, sure. I'll have the McDouble, you know, and this is, this is McDouble baseball to me, but it's, it's good enough. It's going to be nourishing. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you block. Um, I am totally against universal DH. Uh, you know, I, I'm of the belief that if you play in the field, you hit at the plate. If you hit at the plate, you play in the field. Like, I've never been a fan of the DH. I'm okay if you want to use it as maybe a strategy uh, throughout the game. Say you're changing pitchers, and you can put a DH up, you know, to pinch hit, rather, you know, before the next pitcher comes in, you know, in between innings. 
along the along with that and pitching i am not a fan of every pitcher needs to face three batters you know i i'm a giants fan uh you know javi lopez jeremy affelt these are guys that built careers on being specialists lefty lefty specialists that they could be plugged in to get one or two outs in kind of a tight situation in an inning and we've seen bruce bochi hall of fame skipper um you know make a career uh, you know as a skipper making these kinds of moves and so i'm against that uh the runner on second is just it's america's pastime you watch a game to pass the time that's plain and simple um Steve Garvey was on 95.7 The Game earlier today, and he was asked about this, and he was talking about it, uh, kind of previewing the Giants-Dodgers rivalry and the game for opening day today. It's going on right now as we're recording. So uh, he, Steve Garvey said, you know, you watch baseball. You, you go to concessions. You come back. Uh, you go in between innings. You come back. You go use the restroom. You come back. You can kind of float around the ballpark and still kind of keep your eye on what's going on in the action because baseball is just not a fast game. It never has been. It should never be a fast game. It's something that you do that you know there's going to be a block of three hours that I'm going to be enjoying this game. Now you're at home, you get up, you go get a drink. You don't even have to pause the game like in football. Like if I need to go to the restroom, it's either commercial break I'm running or I actually pause the game so I can go get another bag of chips or, you know, another beer out of the fridge. Baseball is not that way. It's never been that way. And I don't, I, I, the manipulation of the rules, I, I don't like it. Uh, I'm a, you know, I'm a traditionalist. Andy, you're 23. Of course you like it. I just don't, you know, I don't see it going forward being, you know, I hope some of these rules, I don't know if they're going to stick. Um, like the, the playoff format's definitely not going to stick, but I, I don't know. I'm just not a fan of it, but you know what, like you said, block, uh, I'm hungry. And if this gives me a taste and a slice of baseball, I'm kind of just going to take the bad sides with it and then run. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think McDouble Baseball is a perfect description for what we did. <laughs> um, we're getting something. It's, it may not be gourmet, but we're getting something. And, uh, yes, Stephen, you're right. Uh, I do like some of the changes. <laughs> um, and I am significantly younger than you guys. And so I do bring a different aspect. And I might be the generation, quote, unquote, that the MLB is trying to um, change. Appeal to. Or, yeah, an appeal for. Yeah. But I think that these are just fun. So I've been watching the AL mainly for my entire life because I'm a diehard Oakland A's fan. And having a DH to me just makes the game uh, more fun. It's just you have a better hitter. Everybody likes watching games where it's it's high scoring and it's close. Not many people. Not everybody. Okay. Not everybody. Yeah. Yeah. The old heads like to watch a dude pitch and just blow out a team. I like that when it's the ace pitcher, but if it's not, then it's boring. And nobody also, not many people will sit down and decide I'm going to watch a Padres Rockies game. And I don't like either of them. And the dude is, is pitching great. And it's a great defensive game. That's, boring to the average fan and that's where I think that baseball is losing it's it's just everybody's love for it because it isn't that fun to watch if you don't really love those two teams or love a certain player it's hard to enjoy sometimes so I think that I just I couldn't disagree more <laughs> but and and that's that's all yeah you could disagree with that but I feel like that as a as a whole, especially for a generation, and also even old folks are starting to lose their attention spans, they're all getting shorter. And so a game that takes forever 
and a game that isn't necessarily that exciting all the time is going to lose uh, a lot of fans to a game like the NBA where shit's happening all the time. I'm going to be honest, okay? So I, when I was a kid, I played football. I did not uh, ever play baseball. I did not like baseball when I was a kid. It was in like my early 20s that I fell in love with baseball, and it's been I've, – I've loved it ever since. And part of the thing that I – came to appreciate about it was the slowness. And um, a couple of anecdotal things right here. If you remember the joke at the beginning of the movie Colors, right? Where there was the old bull and the young bull and the young bull's like, hey, why don't we run down the hill and go get busy with one of those casts? And the old bull's like, let's, how about we walk down and get busy with them all, right? Okay, you heard this joke before? Yeah. Yeah, yep. so like, so then I'm gonna add in that Socrates said that one should not engage in philosophy until you're like 35 years old or something. And I don't think that it's necessarily a generational thing. I just think when you get older and you're like a little bit more chill, you will start to appreciate baseball more. And if baseball waits for people to age up, you don't have to change these rules. Uh, Cause then when people get there, cause you're, you're never, you're never gonna be as action packed as the NBA. You're never gonna be as exciting as NFL, but you gotta be where you are, man. You, you know, it's like when people get plastic surgery to alter themselves to look like other human beings. And you know, much respect to anyone that, that goes that route, right? But often, <laughs> oftentimes, when you try, when people try to emulate other people with surgery, right, then they come out looking like you know something just awful. In baseball, like be you, MLB, be you. You're beautiful. What a lot of people don't understand is. Football is only about 11 and a half minutes of action per game. So the ball is in play for 11 and a half minutes. So if you take a baseball game and shrink it to just two hours, which a two hour and five minute game is really fast paced. Well, what makes games faster? Actual pitching duels make games faster in baseball. So you have less runners on base, pitches are getting faster outs, and that's actually what makes the game faster. So you either, on one hand, you want a game that's more exciting, where you have the ball in play more, you have more home runs, but that's actually extending the time of the game where if you really want a fast game, you want better pitchers with less offense because that's the only thing that actually speeds up the game. So I don't understand how three batter minimum for a pitcher is going to actually make any kind of a dent in the overall time of these games or how putting a runner on second base is going to do anything in extra innings. You know what I mean? So I, I, it just doesn't make any sense to do that. And, you know, yeah, offense is exciting. I would rather see a pitcher's duel and sit back and just watch two pitchers carve up each other's teams rather than have, you know, one guy hit a bomb, another guy strike out, strike out, another guy hit a bomb, another guy strike out, strike out. To me, that's, that's boring. The ball doesn't get put in play as much anymore. Uh, I know you like your DH, Andy. You're a big ace fan. Where's, where's Crush on Monday and Tuesday? You could have DHs that go, that go cold. So then what? You might as well let your pitcher hit. Save your DH. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, as far as – I'm not really sure the issue is with the total time in baseball. I really think it's just an entertainment factor of just not that many things going on um, at once. Because when the ball is, is snapped in football, there's 22 people running around all at the same time. And in yeah. baseball, there's only two people moving, really, and it's the pitcher and the catcher, and sometimes the batter swings. Well, the so, average NFL fan has no idea what those 22 are doing. <laughs> just like the average baseball fan isn't going to understand why the shortstop just moved four feet back on the grass, you know, for a right-handed hitter who can pull the ball or, you know, why there's a shift or what strategy is going in that the skipper's looking at. Okay. I got bases loaded. It's 
the top of the third. There's nobody out. Giants are up. What are they going to do? See, and, and to that point, though, Stephen, I'm just going to say this one thing. Person, this is my own personal take. This is my own personal opinion. But I, I feel like if you're into it, then you'll get it. Okay, so game-winning touchdown try, right? That's exciting, right? Joe Montana or some master of, of the, of the two-minute drill with the ball, going down the field, that's exciting, okay? Um, Game-winning shot, right? Okay, they're going to run it in, they're going to run a play, and that pitcher, I mean, that, uh, that player is going to either Steph Curry, he's going to make it or he's going to miss it, right? That is very exciting. I will argue that there is no more exciting thing than bases loaded, two strikes to take the lead of a game, or any situation where you have a pitcher and a batter to win the game. The suspense. Battling. The suspense, man, like that last pitch, your heart is going to beat out of your chest. It, it's, there's nothing greater than that, but sometimes to get to that, you have to sit through uh, like a bunch of walks and a bunch of things that aren't that exciting. But I, I would say that like that game-ending scenario, pitcher on batter, there's nothing more exciting that just like gets into your heart more and your, your chest and your like soul if, you, if you're a fan of that team, if your team in, uh, record on the line. There's nothing more exciting than that. Yeah, and then you also have uh, walk-offs and all kinds of stuff that, you know, if there's a runner on second, how exciting is that walk-off going to be? You know what I mean? Like, that's not going to be exciting at all. No, no, I completely agree with you. Definitely. Extra innings baseball, there's something about it. It's very, very exciting. Um, but, yeah, I, I think all of you guys bring in good points um, about the changes. And also, I forgot to add that the playoff changes – are strictly only for this year. So yeah. those are only changes that are going to happen this year. Uh, after this year, it's going to go back to the regular six and then the wild card. But I think with these new playoffs, it's going to make uh, the league much more enjoyable to watch because the 60-game season is just so short compared to the 162. And I think giving extra slots is going to make just the, the whole league a lot more fun. It's also going to make the MLB a lot more money because when you lose 120 games or 100 <laughs> games, when you add extra playoff games, that's that's big revenue. And honestly, that's what I think it's really all about. It's I'll always follow the dollars, people. Always follow the dollars. And I think it's interesting because there's not going to be any tiebreakers. And right now, the Yankees and the Nationals are delayed. And they're dead set on having no additional games. So I wonder what they're going to do with that if – it ends up not being able to be played. That could be something very interesting that we'll keep you updated on. But I think that does about wrap it up for our first half of the show. Stay tuned for the second half where we get into our 2020 season predictions and we give you updates on everything that's happening in the sports world. Stay tuned, you guys. back to the cutthroat soup on the tdt network we're gonna get straight into the second half of the show and that is going to be our predictions for this super short 60 game season who has the edge in the shortened season we're gonna talk our winners of the american league and the national league as well as who wins this championship and tell me who you got steven uh you know it's 
really hard to kind of try to pin down exactly. Uh, you know, as you've mentioned already, we haven't seen anything like a 60-game season. Uh, we also haven't seen things like players sit out, like uh, Buster Posey or Ian Desmond, Mike Leak. Uh, we also have players that could possibly test positive for COVID. As we saw uh, opening day today, Juan Soto just tested positive for the Nationals right before the game they were supposed to play against the Yankees. Juan Soto is no scrub. You know, he is an actual, you know, piece of that team. And so it, it, I have a hard time, uh, you know, I, I'm on a radio show too once a week. Uh, shout out Fitz Blitz. I have a hard time trying to figure out who's going to do what and what team's going to be where because there's just too many variables to really try to pin it down. And, and it's more than just injuries. You know, of course, you can never account for injuries, but there's things that players just don't want to be there sometimes, you know. Um, so I don't know. Uh, for the National League, as long as it's not the Dodgers, I don't really care. Um, I, I don't really know who's going to come out of it. I think the Nationals, even with Juan Soto going down, there's not more players to test positive. Um, they're, they have a great team. Uh, they are the defending champs. Um, Milwaukee Brewers might be kind of my sneaky kind of dark horse pick uh, for the National League. Uh, for the American League, um, I would like to see the scrappy A's kind of, you know, come from out of nowhere and make noise in the playoffs. Uh, they got a great team. Don't let what happened against the Giants cloud anybody's vision. Like, the, the A's got squad. And what they have now that they haven't had in the past, they've got cohesive squad. Uh, as they've been playing together now for a couple of seasons. Everybody on the team has. So I, I like to see them actually make some noise, but it's going to be kind of hard to overtake the Yankees per usual. Uh, the Yankees just, I mean, they just spend money. And they don't care. They'll just spend whatever they have to spend to try to win. And the Dodgers are kind of becoming the Yankees of the West. And so I kind of, you know, I don't want to see them there, but I have a, I have a feeling they might be. Uh, who wins it outright? I'm going to go Yankees. I think the Yankees are going to do it this year. Um, with the shortened season and the shortened schedule, be, don't be surprised if you see some teams catch fire for a couple of weeks and that propels them so much farther than what it would have in the past. I mean, we saw the giants catch fire for six weeks last year and be within three and a half games of, of um, first in the West. So are the wild card rather. So it's kind of hard to say I'd like the Dodgers or the giants to make some noise because nobody expects them to. And I'm just, I'm a fan. I'd love to see them doing something, but uh, it'd be awesome if actually, you know what, it'd be awesome if both barrier teams met each other in the world series this year. Because, I mean, everything else has happened. Why not have a, a revisit of the Bay Bridge series? And we're going to play a lot more than we normally would this year yeah. because of the west-to-west, central-to-central, east-to-east. So that's also going to be tons of fun for Bay Area fans to see the A's yeah. against the Giants more than we usually would. And I like your Brewers pick because I think Ryan Braun is finally having – the, the time of his life because not only can he <laughs> use PEDs, but now he can just bat all the time. So uh, he's super excited. Yeah. I like that pick. I think the Brewers are going to be a um, pretty decent team. But for the NL, uh, I can't see anybody coming out except the Dodgers. They put too much money into that team. They just signed Mookie Betts for like $380 million, 12 years. That's a massive contract. The teams that usually pump the money in usually don't win. But this shortened season, the 60-game season, I think it's going to come down to a lot of depth. And the Dodgers have a lot of depth. And so I think in the NL, it's going to be really, really, really hard to get past the Dodgers. Uh, I like the Braves. 
The Braves are a young team. The Braves are a good team. Acuna Jr., whoo, yeah. that kid's amazing. Um, I also like the Nationals. I think they're pitching. Their starting rotation with Strasburg, Scherzer, and uh, Corbin is always going to be solid. That's going to get him a lot of wins there. Um, and my, my team that I just want to see do well in the NL is the Padres. And <laughs> you have to feel bad for the Padres, A, Bruce Bochy is the only uh, coach to bring them to the World Series. That's a fun fact for you Giants fans. Um, yep. But the Padres, I, I really, I like, I don't like Machado as a person. I think he's a good player, nope. but I don't like him as a person. Uh, Tatis Jr., he's also up there with Acuna as one of the best young players in baseball. So fast. That kid's fun to watch. Um, Chris Paddock, Mackenzie Gore, and Kirby Yates are going to be great for them. So I think the Padres, maybe if they catch steam, they could do something, but it's going to be tough with the Dodgers in that division. As far as the AL, the Yankees, of course, I absolutely hate them being A's fans, so I want to see them lose. Um, I like the Twins, man. The Twins are a good team. They, they People don't even know yeah. the Twins won 100 games last year, and nobody yeah. even knows. So uh, the Twins are great. I think the Angels are going to benefit the most from this 60-game season out of anybody, and that's because they're so old. They're so old, and I think that their age is going to play into a benefit for them instead of having it not be a benefit like it would in the 162-game season. Um, so, And I also think Shohei Otani is going to have probably the best year of his career and I think he's a uh, definitely an MVP candidate and I gotta go with my A's man we're balanced top to bottom I think we're one of the best squads in the league we can't start slow like we usually do but I would love to see the A's make some noise this season I mean I would love to yeah, see they're... the A's do some things too this season I just I don't know I don't know that they're better than the Astros, yet even without cheating, the Astros are legit. The Astros are a threat. They're not as big a threat as the Yankees, I don't think. But the Astros are a threat. They have to get past the Astros. Then you have the Angels on the come-up. I definitely think the A's are going to be on the – the Angels are going to be on the come-up this year. But the interesting dynamic about the playoffs this season is that – and based on the information you said just before we started, half of the teams are going to be in the playoffs. Half of the – and you never know. And And – it's funny, the Nationals last year, they kind of reminded me of the Giants of 2010, 2012, where they just, they were a team of destiny. They weren't the best team. They weren't, okay? They were just a team of destiny, and they rode destiny all the way to the World Series, man. And when you talk about this year, as much as I would hate, as much as I'd hate to think of this happening, I don't see the Dodgers falling off. I don't see anybody overtaking the Dodgers because, one, when what I imagine that COVID injured list is going to be three or four deep for every team most of the season and who can afford to lose three or four starters okay the Dodgers because they got 22 year old dudes in their farm system that might be all-stars on other teams and the Dodgers have them tucked down so they can afford to have this to, to get you know ravaged by injury and by COVID and by you know likely you know like uh, player suspensions I know somebody uh having too good of a time, you know, all the, all those kind of things that happen. So out of the NL Dodgers, I, I honestly, I don't like the nationals cause I kind of feel again with that 2010 giants vibe, they're going to have a really down season. I don't know why it's just a feeling I get. And then the other team, the Braves, as you mentioned, the Braves are legit. The Braves are 
super legit. Um, I don't see them overtake the Dodgers either, but they, uh, they, they've got something. They, they, they proved they had something last year. And honestly, I kind of feel like, you know, with uh, no fans in the stands, the Braves are going to be right at home in every uh, ballpark they play in. You see what Chapman said? <laughs> no, that, I did not. Said, we're used to playing without fans, basically. So <laughs> right. much different. So, hey, maybe my A's have a leg up on, the, on something. <laughs> yeah, so when, and then when you talk about the AL, um, the Yankees, the Yankees, I mean, I also, Steve, I also like the Twins. I really do. I really think the Twins are legit. They're a threat. All that power, all that power. Um, I don't think they're pitching, especially like, I mean, honestly, their bullpen, I don't know that that really holds up. Starters aren't particularly strong either. So I am really saying the Twins are the closest, biggest threat to the Yankees, but not a big enough threat. And the idea of a Dodgers-Yankees World Series just makes me sick to my stomach. It really does. <laughs> I, I think, <laughs> but logically speaking, logically speaking, I think that's probably what's going to happen. Um, however, I'm going to say this. What is probably going to happen, what's actually going to happen, would be two completely different things. Because you know what? Some team in this shortened season is going to make the playoffs. Some team you don't expect. And some team you don't expect is going to come out of either the AL or the NL because anything goes. Um, so Yankees, Dodgers, with probably the Dodgers winning because, you know, we've had murder hornets, we've had – deadly viruses why not have the Dodgers win the World right. Series um that's like you know third sign of the apocalypse um one of those teams aren't going to make it and they're going to be replaced by like the Marlins <laughs> or someone you don't yeah. expect you know like some team you're just like what like when we look back at 2020 there's going to be a team playing in the World Series that we're going to just be like they played in the World Series this is going to be one of those seasons where you're going to think back on the 60 game season and it's always going to be something weird and it's always going to be something fun to talk about. Yeah. That's why I think a Bay bridge series might be kind of, might be time. It might be time. As long as there's no earthquake, that's one thing we haven't had yet in 2020 is an earthquake. So let's predict the Bay bridge series. No quick. All right. Cool. Your jets. You guys won two preseason games. Cool. Your freaking jets. All right. Hmm. Who do we win against? Slow. All right. Hopefully we don't start off slow because and also, this is what's what's cool about this season is if you go on a six-game win streak, which is pretty usual in MLB, teams go on streaks, that's 10% of the season. Mm -hmm. And if you lose six games in a row, that's 10% of the season. So that's what's going to be so much fun to watch. And like we've been talking about, some team's going to catch fire. The Padres, the Rays, the Royals, who, whoever, nobody knows. Like this season yeah. is the most exciting season that I've, I'm super excited because I think that the A's have a serious chance, especially with the expanded playoffs and just the uh, unknown just vibe that this season has. Nobody really knows how it's going to go. The MLB doesn't really have a bubble. Um, that's pretty interesting, and I don't know how that's going to go. So, yeah, I mean, I think the standings are going to be a lot like us fans where we're going to be holding on to every single game. Whereas in 162, yeah, okay. I didn't watch the game Sunday. Whereas now we're like, Oh man, I watched Friday, Saturday, Sunday, off day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We're going to be right there. 
and each game basically carries the weight of three. And, and also, so if also, you go on a three-game losing streak, that's like nine games in a row. Another probably intended consequence of, of the sixty-game season, and then the subsequent half the half the leagues making it in the playoffs is is that no team is ever going to be out of it. Like we're going to get to the last week before you know playoffs are decided because you know if if, it, if half the league makes it in, it's kind of like the NBA to where you can have a losing record and still have a shot at the playoffs. So just because the Giants are probably going to be, I don't know, 20 and uh, 35 coming into the last week. Uh, they are, they'll probably still have a shot. They'll probably still have a shot, and we're going to tune in. Uh, and and you're going to, you are, like you said, Stephen, you're going to watch those standings. You're going to watch those numbers, and you're going to look for that magic number. And that magic number probably doesn't show up until the last week for most teams. Yeah, so if you guys are baseball junkies, this is the season for you. They're going to have about three days off every month. It's going to be baseball just about every single day. So get ready, you guys. One thing that I think is interesting is the MLB has the rights to have the World Series this year at any ballpark. Now, that's a really big deal because they wanted to make sure that they had the flexibility in case, you know, the Marlins win and we have to go to Florida and Florida's not really handling coronavirus too well. So if the MLB thinks, you know what, Florida is in a safe spot, let's go to wherever. So there could be a neutral site at the world series for the first time ever. And I think that is super duper interesting. Yeah. So uh, just an update. Uh, Andy, how you were talking about the uh, Nationals and Yankees game was postponed due to rain. Uh, they called it and did not resume. So Yankees won four to one. And I didn't see what inning that was where they were able to it call it. It was after the so, sixth. I think it was a six. Was it, was it six? Okay, because I know up to six innings, you have to play a full six and then they can call yeah. it after that. So that might be something how you were talking, Andy, before about uh, tiebreakers and not being able to make up games. So I guess as long as you can try to get six in, then they'll just call it after six or after five, rather. So as far as the tiebreakers, what do you guys think they're going to do? I think that they are probably going to do like a, a, um, a run ratio if you have – more runs than the run differential yeah Yeah, run differential something like that i i i nfl the nfl breaks ties and it's kind of funny the nfl starts with common opponents and they go all the way down to coin flip like literally the the last tiebreaker is a coin flip and i can think of a few times where you know teams that make the playoffs based on a coin flip and these teams were like nine and seven anyway they were going nowhere but and and that's the other thing so it's like the, the, the tiebreakers probably apply, well, whatever formula they apply, probably applies to the teams at the back end of the playoffs. So who really cares, honestly? Yeah. Uh, I, unless it's they, the Giants. Unless it's the Giants. Yeah, no, the Giants get screwed by a coin flip. I am riding my congressman. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Everybody's going down. Block, UI, we riot. That's all you know. I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, you know what? I think it's one of those situations where MLB is just going to cross that bridge if they get to it, you know? Like, it's kind of – I mean, the, the chances of a tiebreaker with 16 teams going in, like I, I don't see really a, a many scenarios where it's going to be necessary. So I think MLB, kind of like today, where they just voted on expanding the 16 teams into the playoffs on opening day, I think it's going to be one of those, we'll cross that bridge when we get there moments. Yeah, I think that's definitely uh, – this season is going to be a 
cross the bridge where you get there, a McDouble <laughs> type season. Nobody knows, not even the players, not even the commissioner. Nobody knows how this season is going to go. So that's about it for our MLB episode. And now let's get into what's going on in the sports world with just a few quick updates from our last couple shows. Um, I know a huge, huge, huge update for the NBA is that Russell Westbrook got COVID-19 after we did our NBA episode. So that is definitely a huge update. Anything else that you guys have to offer? Oh, no. Russell Westbrook, Harrison Barnes, unnamed uh, New Jersey player, or sorry, Brooklyn Nets player, and a bunch of other people, man. This bubble, like, tune in for the basketball. Stay for the drama saga, who has COVID this week. Exactly. And so Sham Sharania, let's see, today's the 23rd. Uh, on the 21st, uh, Shams reported that uh, everybody in the bubble tested negative. Mm-hmm. Now, we have been following COVID. We've, I feel like we're all COVIDologists at this point with as far at least as much as what the actual doctors are that are actually reporting any findings and and things i feel like we're all pretty up to speed uh one thing that we all kind of know is you don't test positive right away and it doesn't mean you don't have it it just means you don't test positive right away and it takes it could take up to 14 days for that positive test so you get false negatives all the way up to potentially 14 days so that's why this whole bubble thing didn't make any sense to me to begin with because you quarantine for two. Well, okay, that's great. What about day three? Mm-hmm. What if you don't test till day four? What if you're on all your players day five and then day six you test? You know, and it's just, it's one of those things where the NBA, yeah, the bubble is a nice idea until someone inside the bubble gets infected. You bring that, yeah, and that's a great point because also you're watching the scrimmages yesterday. I'm not sure if you guys tuned in, but none of, nobody's wearing masks. So, yeah, if, uh, if one person in the bubble is infected, and I can speak personally, uh, I got tested for COVID on July 17th, and I got my results back same day because I'm in San Francisco. We have, like, nice little same day. It, it takes faster than um, other places. Um, and I came back negative. And a person in my house ended up getting coronavirus. And so I felt that it was uh, definitely a good idea for me to get tested again. I ended up getting sick on the 19th. I go to get tested on the 20th and I currently do have coronavirus. So it's, it's definitely something that, uh, that I'm fine for all the listeners. <laughs> I don't want to scare anybody. I, I'm doing all right. I do have symptoms, but obviously I'm doing okay. I'm on the show here with everybody. Um, we're very with everybody through zoom through zoom yeah we're very very (laughs) right now um but yeah i can speak personally for that so you can come up negative one day and then touch something the next day get coronavirus and then you're positive so it's all this is crazy um but in the nfl some really great news is happening so the players association has been really upset with the nfl um just on health requirements and things like that so according to Adam Schefter yesterday that they're all very close to agreeing on something so that's really good because the players have been coming out saying that they want to play and obviously the NFL wants to get their money so they definitely want them to play but it's good that they can be maybe on the finally on the same page and get something rolling with this NFL season because it's supposed to come up pretty soon here you know the thing with that NFL with me 
is you've got a 53-man roster already. They're already talking about expanding the roster to allow for COVID-positive tests, right? So you're already expecting players to test positive. Well, it's – I mean, football is hand-to-hand combat. You touch everybody. You're, you're, you're in the trenches if you're on the line. But then you also have to take into account how many coaches are on that sideline. You know, then you also have your practice squad that you're going to have to be able to pull from. Well, then on top of that, you've got your you've you've got your referees, you've got your officials, you've got your ball boys that are throwing balls in every five seconds for a new ball in between snaps. You've got your line judges. Then you've got your doctors, your medical staff, your trainers. I mean, you're looking at what a hundred people per team, and that and and there's not going to be a bubble. And there, I haven't heard that they're going to try to do what baseball is doing and kind of segregate sections of the countries to try to limit travel. I haven't heard anything about that with the NFL. And yeah, so, okay, yeah, no fans are there. Great. So they exactly. already have the schedule. So it's yeah. – uh, yeah, I'm not really sure how the NFL could really alter that. And, yeah. and so, I mean, yeah, and they're already anticipating guys testing positive, which, you know, it's a really infectious disease. That's why they call it one, because it's easy to get. You don't need to really – I mean, it's, it's not like you have to hug somebody to pick it up. You know, you, you, it could be on a surface – and you could touch the surface. It could be on the football. Imagine everybody that touches the football. Quarterbacks lick their fingers. In baseball, we saw you're not supposed to put your hand to your mouth anymore. I just saw Johnny Cueto do it again. You know, it's he licks his fingers. He touches the baseball. Like, it, they, these are things that are not going to be able to be accounted for uh, in, in the big picture. And it's just, it's just risky. I, I don't know what the NFL is going to do. It's great that they're making strides moving forward, but I don't know what they're going to do to really try to make the players feel safer. I think the NFL believed because they had the luxury of this happening after the Super Bowl that, hey, by the time we start, everything will be fine. And I think they're still kind of holding on to that, but that is not going to happen, NFL. So they they do need a plan in place. It is going to be like dropping a pebble into the ocean, whatever they do, because like, like Stephen said, there's so much interaction. There's so many people involved that you can't keep this thing under wraps. And at the end of the day, they just have to get the players on board, do what you can, um, and then play ball if you're going to play it. They, there is no really safe way to do this. Honestly, I think the bubble, I don't think the bubble is the, is the best idea to keep coronavirus out because you, you have a quarantine, but then, yes, you have all these people in this place together, interact with each other, and the NBA has 15 players, three or four coaches, blah, blah, blah. The NFL, like you said, huge staff huge number of players all, all this other stuff going on the advantage the nfl does have is is they play one game a week and they can limit contact at practice the nba is going to play you know three or four games a week so you're with your teammates then you're with other players they can limit contact at practice these guys know their techniques for the most part you can take mental reps they have all kind of virtual things you can do to to do practice play so the nfl does have that advantage but yeah man i don't think there's a safe quote-unquote way to do this there's definitely uh not a safe way to even go outside yet so um <laughs> we can't even really figure out what's going on so it's been really hard to figure out what to do in the sports world so that about wraps up our episode i want to get some final thoughts from any anybody anything that we miss anything you want to shout out any bold take you got what do you got steven final take final take uh let's see I don't know if any of the sports leagues are actually going to finish their seasons. 
So the NBA might get started. I don't see him finishing. Uh, I'm watching the MLB right now. Giants are tied one-to-one against the Dodgers bottom of the fourth. I don't even know if we're going to hit 60 games in the MLB. Football, they might even get off the ground. And as far as shots out, I actually picked up on a new podcast yesterday called Balk Talk, B-A-L-K-T-A-L-K. That's hosted by Jessica Kleinschmidt. Jessica covers both the A's and the Giants and is doing a great podcast for NBC Sports Bay Area. So uh, give her a shout out real quick and make sure to check that out. And as well, check out the rest of our crew here on the Dream Team Podcast Network. And, you know, you've got the three of us here with the cutthroat soup. And then uh, be sure to check out our other teammates uh, as we drop stuff on Spotify. So I just want to send a shout out to Gabe Kapler, Giants manager. I don't know what kind of skipper you're going to be, and I am uh, pessimistically optimistic. Um, but the get first game against the A's, Gabe Kapler personally, as the skip of a professional baseball team, kneeled with his players. Now, what the MLB has done with the first two games, and from what I understand they're going to do throughout the season, or at least the the opening day, is they have a bunch of players kneel before the national anthem, and they stretch a black ribbon, and everybody, like, holds onto the ribbon in a show of solidarity, solidarity, which I appreciate. Um, It does, however, in a way, make it so, well, hey, we kneeled before, so we're not going to kneel during. And Gabe Kapler's like, no, we're going to kneel during. And I respect him for that, and I appreciate him for that. Because um, one thing that I am kind of concerned about, right, in a weird way, is that with sports coming back, the momentum, the attention that has been paid, that's been paid to social issues over the last few months is going to go away because people have all these distractions. And, and over the last few months, there's been no distractions. People have been watching reruns and whatever the heck they're watching, and they get caught up. So when something goes viral, it's like, ah, outrage. And, and I, I am not a fan of outrage, but things that should outrage human beings um, – I would like them to be outraged about and I've appreciated it. So Gabe Kapler, keep shining that light and maybe do better than you did in Philly for the Giants too. He's already off to a better start. (laughs) Yeah, I think Gabe Kapler definitely, uh, that was a really, really good sign for him as the manager. And this is his first season. So he's going to have to make everybody happy there, especially because he did not at his last team. But my final take is, um, yeah, I, I think the A's are going to have a great season if we can just not start slow. Um, but what I really want to talk about is Tobias Harris, Paul George, LeBron James, all the NBA players who are using their platform, like you just talked about, Block, they're using their platform to talk about what is going on and not about basketball. And Tobias Harris the other day refused to answer and he did, not ref- uh, he did not refuse to answer, but his only answer was to um, arrest the killers of Breonna Taylor. So um, I just think that that is awesome. And I'm hoping, like you said, Block, they can keep that momentum and keep this going because it should not stop because sports are, are starting and it should not stop because the world is beginning to start again. So I really think that that's a great thing. And I hope that the NBA, NFL, and MLB can continue these movements forward. So that just about does it for the Cutthroat Soup episode. I'm gonna go ahead and do our sign off. You can't have the fulfillment of the dream 
without some cutthroat soup, baby. So uh, thanks for listening to you guys and uh, catch us every Saturday. That's when we're going to be dropping our cutthroat soup episodes. We might mess up. We might drop one on Sunday, might drop one on Friday. We might keep you on your toes, but Saturdays are going to be our day. So keep listening. And thank you guys for tuning into the Dream Team Network. Thank you.